Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of Jack Jack. Uh, we're going to be going back into squadrons because now, you know, there's a bunch of gameplay to look at. Um, and, and I want to share some of my thoughts based on what I've seen from the gameplay. Um, because I think it looks a lot better than what I was expecting. I can't wait to play it now. And I will also be going over, you know, comics, books, you know, TV shows, movie news, you know, you know, the usual. Um, let's get into squadrons. Uh, so... The Game Changers program for EA came out, and they allowed everyone to play it. Um, so I've been watching, and I've been going through that for what, a week or two now. And the gameplay looks really good. It, it looks very immersive, which I think is really important um, on a passion project Star Wars game like this. Uh, it really does remind me a lot of the old like X-Wing versus TIE Fighter games, um, stuff like that. And I, I think it's looking so good because, again... At first, the devs created this game not for money, not for anything like that. Literally just because they love Star Wars. And I think that really does make a whole difference. Um, as that's what DICE started to do with Battlefront 2. And of course, it turned into a really good and really fun game. So now we have squadrons doing the same thing. And that's how it started. And so I don't think you're going to have a lot of the same problems I think you're going to notice that the lore is really interesting and really tight in it. At least that's my prediction. Um, and as for gameplay, I mean, it looks really immersive. I, I, you know, I think some of the ship stats, I think, are a little off. Um, I won't get into that, though. But everything else makes me really excited to play it. I think that there is a lot to be said for this game. Because um, flying ships, it doesn't... You know, it's not like Battlefront 2 where it automatically keeps you forward and you can't do certain maneuvers. And it's more of like an arcade game, as a lot of people have said. This really does look, and I'm assuming it must feel, like you are actually in the cockpit. You are actually, you know, a pilot within the galaxy. And I'm very excited for it, you know. I am all for a very immersive Star Wars game especially with EA saying they're doubling down. I think its sales are going to do well within Star Wars fans. I think you'll get enough people who buy it just because Star Wars and EA are pretty are two very big labels. Um, I think you'll get enough that it'll show EA that, you know, not everything has to be like a reskin of some game. Um, not everything's got to be like a battlefront. Not everything's got to be like a fallen order that you can make passion projects that are very unique. And that, will sell regardless. And I think um, I'm, I'm really not worried about squadron sales. I want it to sell well, and I think it will, especially with the gameplay that I've seen. Um, I think it's going to sell well. The biggest problem I have, I think, is that I think it's just going to take a long time to get really good as a pilot in it um, because I don't have the most free time. So it's not like I can devote, you know, 40 hours a week to just playing squadrons you know and that's okay i think that definitely is needed within it uh, especially for a space sim game where you are literally flying an x-wing i think that is needed just like in real life if you were to jump into a plane it wouldn't take two hours to learn to fly a plane you know and so i think immersive like that is a good thing i also like um that there's not like overly matchmaking in it uh they said that you can't just pick up and be really good at the game, you know? So you'd get in those lobbies, you get people who are really good and they're going on like 20 kill runs and your team can't even shoot down one ship. Um, and I think that's important 
I think that's very important for the life of the game. Because again, in my opinion, I don't think you can get better at something without, unless you play people who are better than you. And ultimately, I think that Squadrons is setting out to do just that because you're not going to get better as a pilot if you're just flying with other pilots who are bad, you know? You're going to want to play with some pilots who can clap your cheeks nonstop. Um, And you're going to learn maneuvers from them and you're going to try to reciprocate them. And it's very unique. Um, A lot of the skins, I think, look cool. The customization is a lot deeper than I thought. I didn't think it was that massive at first but i'm going into it now and they've even said though well this isn't all the customization this isn't all the maps you know and and i think i sit back and think well they're hiding this from us now i think that you know that there is a potential for you know maybe a b-wing and a tie defender even though those are two very overpowered ships um so i think that's where they may not be included into the game in but other than that, I think it's really unique. I think it's going to be a really, really fun game, and I can't wait to create National Squadron, you know? Uh, so, segueing from that, I want to just talk about EA a bit. EA, you know, of course, they're doubling down on making Star Wars games. I think that's a good thing, and I talked a bit about this last time, but I just want to say, um, even if you hate EA, I, I you don't have to pre-order, but I, I would most certainly urge people to if you have interest in squadrons get it it's only forty dollars it's twenty dollars cheaper than every other game on the market that's like a big label game you know kind of like a a game everyone's waiting for um so i i really do think that if you have interest in it you should get it because we do need to show ea that these smaller really attention focused games really immerse immersive into the star wars universe they need to be you know we want more games like it and so when they come out you can't bash it because it's not exactly what you want if you have interest in it i'd say get it you know i i'd say it's going to be a fun time it's going to be a fun game and um who knows maybe they make a game like republic commando because it's very lore intensive you know stuff like that is something that i'm sure ea pays attention to um, what's selling and all that. So I, I don't see anything wrong with it. Um, so let's take a minute. I want to talk a bit. Uh, I didn't read it myself, but whatever it is, free fall, the Poe Dameron novel that just came out. Um, from what I've heard, it sounds like a good book. And of course they're trying to correct the lore that J.J. Abrams messed up because, of course, Poe's original backstory is that he's just a pilot in the New Republic. Now he's a spice runner who has to become a pilot, you know. And and I think from what I've heard and from what I've listened to, it sounds like it does it well. Um, You also learn more about Zori Bliss. You learn more about the spice runners of Kajimi. there's a lot of like little older public legends in there. And when I say older public, I don't mean the higher public, which comes out in a month. I mean the older public, like Knights of the Old Republic Coder 2, the older public MMORPG game, you know, stuff like that. And I think that's lore that, yeah, probably isn't the biggest thing if it's included in canon. Um, but it's something I always liked was that past lore of Star Wars history, you know. And I think it's good that it is getting that attention now. Um, so besides that, uh, 
I didn't get a chance to read Darth Vader 3 for comics, but I did get a chance to read Afra 2. I really like Afra series. Um, I kind of like the Indiana Jones vibe you get, and it's got like a little little bit of like the mythology, kind of like, you know, the two rings, kind of like Lord of the Rings there, um, which I think is cool. But I really um, am entertained, and I really like Afra as a character. I think she's very well written and very well... personified I should say because when you write a character out you have to try to make her 3d and especially uh, in comics where you can see it you know in books they can't see it so you don't have to focus too much on physical description and all that but you also do have to pay attention in books because you can write their inner thinking so it makes it a lot easier in my opinion whereas in comics you don't do that it really is straight to the point it is a lot like a show or a movie you know you can't you can't hide what they're thinking you kind of have to show it um and i think afro does that really well and i am really uh entertained i can't wait for the third issue and i think you know it, it just just proves to show now marvel does have a problem with stealing fan art with its comics but i think marvel comics for star wars are really good i i really do like um what I've been reading from the Marvel comics. I'm not a big comic book guy. I just like Star Wars a lot, and that's led me into comics, you know? Um, So with it, I'm going to do a quick stock check, right? So here we go. I think, again, video games are on top, 100%. Um, I think Squadrons, especially with the gameplay, definitely, definitely, definitely remains on top because it, it, it's just generating more and more hype. And I think even if people are saying, well, I'm going to wait to buy it, they're still showing interest in getting the game. And I think that's most important. Um, with it, I think live action TV shows are at number two right now because we are around two months, probably less than two months away from The Mandalorian Season 2. We are now itching to see what's going to happen. Uh, a trailer should be coming out soon, at least in my opinion. I think a trailer will come out soon. So we'll find out. Um I think after that, of course, is the animated shows. I think Bad Batch is, is going to be interesting. And from what I heard, Sam Whitmer said that it is a beautiful looking show and that it is going to be a really good show. And I, I trust Sam Whitmer because he's a, he's a guy. He voices Darth Maul, for those of you who don't know. He also was the voice and actor of Starkiller and The Force Unleashed and The Force Unleashed 2. So he knows Star Wars well, and he really likes Star Wars. So I trust his judgment here. Um, I really do think he, as he has seen it apparently, would definitely know. Um, and I trust his judgment. I think after that, I think, um, in my opinion, I think books are higher than comics right now, even though the Mandalorian novel gets pushed back a year. I think... Um, with a thron with the next Thrawn trilogy starting soon, I think that's generating a lot of attention for books and of course, you know, smaller character books, uh, like Poe Dameron's Freefall and the Queen's Peril, I believe, is the last one that came out for uh, about Padme, are generating a hype. And then I think movies, because again, we're three years from the next Star Wars movie. There really isn't much hype. There isn't much attention. And then I think comics, and I only say comics are at the bottom because it's not mainstream. I think it drops because of COVID. So there is a lot of interesting 
releases and it's not as uniform as what it was and there aren't that many right now of course they don't come out till i believe next month uh september with a bunch of new series so you do get this kind of well there is that hype but we're in this like three month dead period and i know last time i said this i said comics were higher and they're on the upswing and i still think they're on the upswing i just think it's um lower than movies as of right now because we don't know if the Mandalorian comic is getting pushed back just like the Mandalorian novel did. We don't know about any of that stuff. What if they, they all, all the Mandalorian stuff gets pushed back? I think that definitely hurts it. And that unknown definitely makes movies go ahead of it. And we'll figure out if it is, you know, just a panic or if it truly is, you know, a realistic thing to think that they may push the comics back. And I don't think they will, but I think you definitely have to pay attention to it. But with that being said, yeah, the Mandalorian novel has been pushed back to next October. Um, I think most likely that there were, well, A, the author is more than happy that this is happening. He sounds very excited that he gets a whole year to keep working on it, and he's saying it's a good thing. And I think it is a good thing overall. I think you can definitely, when you get an extra year to write a book, you can go in, especially if it was already finished, you can go in and fix little lore changes, you know, take out things you weren't sure about, stuff like that. Um, and I think he's going to do that, and I think it's going to be a good book. And, and, of course, we'll find out, you know. This is all all hypothetical right now. Um, And with it, let's talk about The Bad Batch again. I think The Bad Batch um, is going to be a good show. And especially with Sam Whitmore saying what he said, I think that definitely means it's going to be a good show. I think that um, people who are criticizing Disney for overfilling the time between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope don't understand that in that 19-year span, a civil war begins. So yeah, I think it is pretty important to focus on that, especially when you gotta have when you have major characters who need plot lines. That you know, in Han Solo, Lando, Princess Leia, Luke, you know, Kenobi. I would say should because, of course, that makes a lot of sense that you focus in on him like that. And I think if you can show more Imperial troop types and the Iron Grip that the Imps had and more walkers and you know the inquisitorius a bit more because it's going to happen right after already 66 so i do want to see more about how the inquisitorius is formed and new walker types and you know the phasing out of clone troopers which is what it's going to do and i think that's very important lore um of course like i said i trust sam whitworth's judgment i again the voice actor of darth maul who is my favorite character I believe he knows what he's talking about. I believe that he has a good idea of what he's doing and what he's viewing and knowing that it's not just, you know, he doesn't just look at it as like a TV show that people are going to want to watch. He understands that about the lore and all that because, of course, he is the actor of Darth Maul and Starkiller, so he, he does know that stuff and he kind of knows what fans want from Legends and, and so I really do trust his judgment here. I really think he knows exactly what he wants and what he's talking about. Um, and with it, speaking of Dark Maul, uh, so apparently Ray Park will no longer be playing Darth Maul in live action. 
And that's because of an incident on Twitter that I, I don't want to get into. I really don't think I should talk about it in depth. I don't think it's my place. Um, basically, he posted some things that are not family friendly, not what Star Wars is about. I'll just leave it at that. You can, you can put the rest together in your head. Um, and I will say this, people are upset that Disney's getting rid of them, but I think of it as this. Ray Park was more of a stuntman. And people are like, yeah, but he spent his whole life training martial arts like that. And there are other people who have done it too, you know. Um, he was more of a stuntman. Sam Witwer, I'd say, is Darth Maul. He is the voice. He is the insanity, the ferocity of Darth Maul. That's how I know Maul is. I don't recognize Ray Park's voice. I recognize Sam Witwer's voice for him. And I don't think it's the biggest deal. Sam Witwer is an athletic guy. I think he would be able to play it. And, of course, Maul at an old age wouldn't be as acrobatic, right? Even with the robotic legs. I mean, if you're 40, 50 years old, you're not going to be able to, you know, jump around and, you know, pirouette all over the place. And I think that really does affect um, Darth Maul. And we'll see. Um, again, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I saw YouTubers making it like it's a huge deal. Like, wow, this is a this is a sin. How can they do that? And I'm like, man, he was in season seven. And episode one, The Phantom Menace. That's it, you know? Season seven of The Clone Wars. I don't think he has the most weight of Star Wars actors, you know? And on that note, you know, that there are a lot of leaks coming out about actors coming in for different shows and whatnot. Um, I'm just going to address them now. Because I don't know if you pay attention to this stuff. And if you do, you know... I, I will assume that you can come to your own conclusion. In my conclusion, I take everything with more than just a grain of salt. I take it with at least two spoonfuls, you know? Because I find that leaks, even if it's from a very reputable source who's like 80% correct, and that's where I get a lot of these from, it's just you can't trust it because it's not confirmed, you know? So people doing it with, oh, they're, they're going to have Tarkin and Cassian Andor. Well, I'm assuming they'll have Tarkin. But I don't think there's going to be like a designated actor. I don't think it'll be that. And I don't think you're going to get much Tarkin. Like, I don't think Cassian Andor and, you know, Wilhelm Tarkin are like mortal enemies, you know. Just like I don't think Thrawn and Ezra are mortal enemies like the, Disney made them out to be. And that's okay because I, um, I, I think it was a good comparison in that note but i digress now i don't think it's you can't just focus in on that and hyper fixate on those things which is what a lot of people do which is what a lot of people do i i won't lie a lot of people do that stuff and that's okay i i'm one of them um but i try not to focus too much on leaks especially in star wars when they cancel trilogies or they change writers in the middle of writing, you know, or change directors in the middle of directing, or a trilogy is going to split up between three different directors. I don't agree with that. Um, so I find it hard to trust any leak about Star Wars because you truly don't know. You truly do not know 
what it is. And sure, you can get an idea from a leak, but you can't know the whole thing. And I think that's important to remember when looking at stuff like that, just like there's leaks for a Lando show. And yeah, there are shows that are being written, I'm sure, that we don't know about. There are also shows that we do know about that aren't titled and we don't know anything about it. I think there's two shows like that. Um, but you can't just assume it's a Lando show because someone at Lucasfilm who holds a camera says, oh, it's going to be a Lando show. They wouldn't know, you know? They wouldn't know. Um, I'd say the Lando show, as much as I want it, or like a solo sequel, take those take both of those with a lot of salt because in an interview with um hey naldridge there is no confirmation for a solo sequel as much as everyone wants one and there is no confirmation that there will be a lando show again as much as everybody wants one there is no confirmation um so everyone who's getting up in arms about it don't just sit back, relax, you know, have a drink. It'll come out in due time. I just want to remind everyone that next fall, we will have three Star Wars shows. And Cassian Andor, Mandalorian Season 3, and Bad Batch Season 1. And that is a lot to cover. And a lot of unique perspectives on the galaxy at different times. I can't wait. Um, and of course, we are three years out from the next Star Wars trilogy, which seems like a long ways away, but overall, we're going to have a lot of shows, a lot of games, a lot of books, a lot of comics in that time. So that's where I'm going to end it. Uh, yeah, see you guys.